Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. The podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to episode zero before attempting it. Find out at the top of our Fat Life page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom, and we're rope partners. We've been practicing together for just over a year. We're excited to share our passion for rope with you. Oh, and we live in Thailand, where it's quite warm today. It's very warm, which is very nice when the UK is currently experiencing snow. Uh, I'm not sad about that. (laughs) So today, we are going to talk about rope journals. So what they are, how we use them, and why you, if you don't already have one, might want one. Okay, that sounds sounds pretty good. Uh, Maya, do you keep a rope journal? I do keep a rope journal, yes, although um, I will say... To, to give you credit where credit is due, it's inspired by by you. So I don't know if you want to talk a bit about first because inspired by the fox. <laughs> okay. You told me to one of the two. <laughs> uh, okay, I will I, I will I will start. No worries. Uh, to go on a little bit of a tangent, <laughs> I am a scuba diver. Okay. And I was uh, a scuba diver long before I was a rigger. Sure. I am, I am, in fact, a master scuba diver. Right, of course you are. <laughs> uh, which is not only my personal assessment of my proficiency, that's also the, t- the slightly ridiculous title of the certification I hold. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and anyway, in scuba diving, uh, you have a diving log, a logbook. Okay. And that is quite useful because you record in that things like what time you went down in the water, what time you came up, uh, your maximum depth, your average depth, your air consumption, uh, what kind of fish you saw, and what kind of problems you had during the dive. And why? That's interesting, I didn't know that. Why did they do it in diving? Uh, well, for a ton of reasons, because uh, for starters, if you have a diving-related uh, accident, mostly a decompression accident, then you can go back to that data and try to understand what happened, and that can inform your treatment if, for instance, you have to go to a decompression chamber. Because a decompression incident happens later, not at the time? Uh, they happen as you come up, but they don't show up until a few hours to uh, quite a bit longer uh, after. Okay. Okay. Fact, okay, so how did that inspire your rope journal? Uh, well, the safety aspect translates in the sense that uh, when we've had rope related injuries um, both in your play and in my play and our play together in the play of people we know in our community or uh, what we read about online because we're uh, avid readers of a rope incident <laughs> report group on FetLife which is yes. my favorite FetLife group to be honest <laughs> Very um, interesting for sure it is quite uh, common that a rope related injury will only show up a few hours to maybe 24, 48 hours after the scene. Yeah. Plus, sometimes you're not informed of it right away. Like, yes. Your bottom feels like something's a bit off, but she's not quite sure, so she waits a bit to see if it's going to go away or if it's going to stay. And then she's quite sure that something's wrong, but she's a bit shy to tell you because she like doesn't want to put blame on you or whatever psychological reason. 
Uh, and then the end result is that you only hear about the rope-related injury a few days after you're seen. And that's where it's quite potentially useful okay. to have a record somewhere of what scene you did with that person. And you can decide what level of detail you want in there. Uh, could be as simple as, I did this suspension with this person. Could be as detailed as, the ankle points were here and here and here, and she stayed up for 17 minutes. And then uh, I noticed that the rope marks were more pronounced on the right leg than the left leg, and you could like you can choose your level of detail. Mm. So what do you put in yours? Um, mine, mine is fairly simple at the moment. Uh, mostly, I would be at the what suspension you did with what person end of the spectrum, and then I have photographs, uh, and then with that record plus the photograph, I can pretty much recall most of the details of the suspension I did. Okay, and do you take photos of the rot marks as well as the um, tie? Uh, I always look at the rope marks because they tell me a lot about how the tie went, but I do not always photograph them. Okay. So that's the safety aspect. That's only one of the reasons I think one could okay. have a rope journal. Uh, it's also quite nice to have your track record. Okay. And that's also another parallel with diving. Uh, in diving, they look at your logbook, and that is part of the requirements for obtaining certain certifications. To get to this level, you need these many uh, logged 35 dives, and then your instructor would sign off on your dives at the end um, of a dive. Okay. Okay. So that's, in one way, one, one sense of uh, tracking your progress. It's always nice to have a record of who you tied with and how many times you tied with such and such person and what is the last time you tied with her. And I think it's just generally a good idea to have a record of who you tied and what you tied with them. Okay. And what else, what else are the reasons that people might uh, have a rope journal for? Uh, it's interesting to see your patterns, like do you tend to often tie the same things? Do you tend to vary what you tie? Also you can just go to it for inspiration, honestly. If like it's Thursday night, I'm going to a rope jam, I'm not very inspired, I'm kind of tired, I've been working all week. One thing I could do is just flip through my rope journal and say, oh this, this tie, but I did uh, 18 months ago, that was kind of awesome. Why don't I tie that again tonight? Okay, that's nice. It can also be a collection of uh, forms, so to speak. But you know you can do, you have written some notes on how it went last time, kind of like um, a cooking recipe, you know? Mm, yeah. Like my grandmother used to have those uh, Bristol sheets where she would write the recipes and she would like put annotations on them as she tried the recipe again and again like <laughs> oh like 150 grams of sugar was definitely too sweet and then she would like <laughs> adjust over time mm -hmm. you can totally do that with a rope journal and try nice. to improve on a certain <clears throat> form you're you're trying to tie or a certain result you're trying to um, to achieve okay okay um, so that's from the rope from a rigger's perspective but wait I have um, more you have more? Okay, I cool. I do. I have a lot to say about this topic, apparently. <laughs> uh, but don't worry, we're going to go to you afterwards and you will have space to express also. Uh, also, one thing that can be interesting to do with a rope journal is to note the reaction of your bottom to certain things. Okay, so give me an example. 
example, January 14th, uh, discovered that Maya really likes fisting in rope. Yeah! You asked for an example. I, I thought it would be rope related. It is rope related, I said, in rope. Okay, or, and, <laughs> we we had a, um, a thing where we had some uh, stomach rope. Oh, yeah. Uh, we did an inversion with a hip harness, which I like very much, but we also had some rope around the stomach. And you didn't like so much, did you? I didn't. The, the, I wasn't feeling great that day, and it really, um, I wouldn't want to do that again. <laughs> Not very unpleasant. So that's a good example of where yeah. that particular tie didn't work out. That was um, more what I was expecting as your example. Yet, yet another would be, uh, you have some challenges with uh, face-up suspensions due mm. to your neck. Mm-hmm. And one time we tried uh, some kind of a head hammock with uh, a scarf, mm -hmm. and that that ended up being pretty nice. Yeah, that was very good. So that would be another example of something worthy of uh, being noted okay. down in the journal. Nice, nice. So if, if it's especially relevant if you tie with a variety of people, and with some people you tie infrequently. If you have notes in your journal about what works and doesn't work for them, the next time you tie with them, if it's six months from now, it's going to be helpful to have those notes, for sure. Okay. And I also like to write down uh, people's hard and soft limits in my oh, journal. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. So when, when I tie with a certain person, I can just like have a quick look at it and remember, oh, that person uh, only likes her hair pulled in a certain way and doesn't want her hair pulled in another way, and that's relevant to the scene I'm building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I had a lot to say on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Maya? Do you have a rope journal? And if so, what uh, does it contain? Yes, I have a rope journal. And um, for, from a bottoms perspective, um, I think many of the things that you talk about are relevant. So for me, it's nice to see uh, changes over time and to see like what we were doing, uh, what I was doing um, initially, and then what I'm kind of building up to and where I want to get to. It is nice to have a track record. Mm -hmm. And it's also to see like where I can improve, so what I want to uh, do more of or, or develop and grow. And I put notes on, okay, that didn't work, so what about doing it differently next time? Uh, mine is more qualitative, so I have a physical book, a, a journal, a moleskin journal. Of course you do. And I... <laughs> And I have about a page um, per uh, tie, usually, um, and I write down um, who I tied with, uh, the physical location, um, because for me, things like cold affect me, so I'm interested in what the environment was like, whether it was noisy, etc. Um, what else do I write down? The, the date, the time of day... Um, and then I try and describe the tie. Uh, obviously, there are names for ties, but also um, more how, how, how do you How do you do that? Like, describe a tie with text? That doesn't sound very easy. Well, if, if there was a name, then I'll, I'll use a name as well. But then it's about trying to dis describe where, what, what went where. <laughs> okay. um, and it isn't very easy, I will agree. And then I draw a stick, a stick Maya. Uh, oh, stick Maya. 
stick Maya in the tie, and I am. I, I will say for the listeners who have not met Maya, she does not look like a stick. <laughs> no, she I she don't. definitely has some very nice feminine curves. <laughs> the stick Maya, I have given her boobs a couple of times, but mostly she's a stick Maya. She gets boobs when I need them for the picture. That's um, that's that's such a takeout right there. I give her boobs when she needs them for the picture. I can you can use that in every single context you can think of. <laughs> anyway, so um, but I'm a terrible drawer artist. Like I'm not. I don't. So that's a bit testing for me. But I have thought about different ways of doing it. And when we come to talk about some other people's rope journals in a minute, you'll see other ways that people can do it. But I want some kind of uh, visual and uh, you know I don't want to stick photos in a physical book I do have pictures as well just mm -hmm. like you do or and for ties I do with you you have pictures so I can go back to those as well um, but they're not organized in that way yeah um, and then I write if there was any problems in the rope if there were any issues if I um, if anything felt particularly good or particularly bad um, and I write feelings, I write about... Of course you write feelings. <laughs> feelings can be like easy, hard, hot, cold, upside down, mm. whatever. Um, and I write about... Fox the... tied me today. It was so beautiful. I love him so much. And then you so draw a little heart around it? No, that does not happen. Um, but I do write about the scene as well about the tie. So it's not just about the tie itself, because what we do in the tie obviously has quite a big effect for me. So sometimes mm. I've had neck issues afterwards. Yes. And it's because of, it's not necessarily the tie itself. It's what we then did in the tie and how long we did it for. Oh, time. I try and write the time that I was yeah. up as well. Um, Which is not very easy for you in the sense that you tend no, I have to, to get you. spacey. In, yeah. Especially in suspensions, but in rope in general. Yeah, for sure. And actually, it's funny, I was looking back over the last few, and they almost all say, from the moment the first rope went on, <laughs> I felt spacey. And I'm obviously writing that a lot more. But they say that's quite useful as well, because I did get spacey right from the start of tying. Yeah. But I would say the conditioning stuff has happened now, and, and it bec I'm much spacey happens very quickly. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and also um, drop or... Uh, like 24 hours, 48 hours post, I can also go back and add stuff in as well. Okay. Uh, any other oh, things you yeah. would use your journal for? <laughs> so now I'm also writing the odd piece of erotica, for, particularly from our scenes. Yes. Um, and so I am putting a mind map, because that's how I um, structure things, a mind map of the erotica after a tie. So the two of them go together and there's some overlap but obviously for an erotica piece I'm not writing quite as technical stuff but sometimes it's nice to have the erotica mind map as well um, and also I use it for if I go rope touristing Yay. Around, um, then it's useful for me to write about it in the journal and then we can talk about it afterwards um, to uh, kind of deconstruct the scene and to see what worked and what li I liked and what I didn't like and um, how we might integrate that into our, um, our play. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really love making this work podcast and sharing it with you. Sadly, hosting a podcast isn't free, far from it actually. 
So if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can do so at ropepodcast.com. You'll find ways to buy rope stuff so that we get a cut from your purchases and also ways to donate to us directly. And if you can't afford to do that, that's okay too. Just enjoy the podcast. Now back to our normal programming. Okay, so dear listeners, I guess we just gave you 18,000 pretty good reasons you might want to consider a rope journal if you don't already have one. Uh, Maya, I think we also have some uh, testimonials from people we like on FetLife who talk to you about rope journals. Yeah, so I made this a topic in one of the groups I was in because I was really interested to see um, what other people were doing and how they were using it. And so some of the people who replied, I, I checked in with and they were okay for me to share their um, thoughts here. So okay. um, it's interesting because in the group you have quite a variety of people and some people, um, they're all bottoms, but they also self-tie and some of them also um, tie. So, for example, Glare Bear, that's yeah. her name on Twitter, um, says she's a rigger and a self-tying junkie. So okay. she illustrates ties and transition sequences. So that's interesting. Transition sequences is a good one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as taking notes on each of my bottoms and their specific needs or limitations. I keep notes from intensive, uh, cons, lessons, and rope bites. I also include notes from books such as Evie Vane's Better Bondage for Every Body Book. Great book. Uh, from a bottoming perspective, you could take notes from your lab sessions and go over it with your rigor afterwards. Um, and she also said, which is very interesting, that she made some templates to illustrate ties. So she's oh. obviously a better artist than I am. And she has um, what are basically kind of blank humans, like gingerbread people. Yeah. Uh, if you know. Now you're making me hungry. <laughs> you have to buy us some food shortly. Um, and she then marks bottoms, nerve areas or sensitive areas. Um, and, and so that's another possibility. And I will link to her. Um, she said people could, she put them up on bed and she said, yeah, could print yeah them you off. should. That sounds really so interesting, actually. To, yeah. So that, I thought that was really interesting. Um, okay. And so what's different from hers is that she's taking not, like everything ropey. She's keeping in the same journal. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm super anally retentive, <laughs> shockingly. <laughs> and, so right now I have like one page per tie and one page for a rope um, mind map, erotica mind map. That is that is because you're a prisoner of the physical world when I live in the digital world, sweetie. Well, there are reasons. Um, so yeah, the idea of taking notes from other things in it is like, oh, it would mess up my system, but I do like the idea of it, so that's one. Um, then um, another person, uh, uh, Leopard and Rope mm-hmm. on Fet. Yeah. Um, so she was quite interesting. She had a different approach again. So she uses uh, pictures. So for her rope journal, she considers her photo gallery on Fet her rope journal. Yeah. Um, so so she captures pictures of it. And then what was quite um, quite different and interesting is that she actually does um, like collages. Of, oh. on paper of um, uh, rope things uh, so almost like uh, vision boards oh inspiration boards yeah vision boards or inspiration boards um, and so that's quite nice because of course you can't bring usually you can't bring your phone out in a rope at, at a party or whatever yeah you know, there's definitely some context where phones are not welcome yeah the and so like she that. brings paper 
so that she can show a tying partner ideas and what she'd like to do. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting. And do you, do you know if she's a, a top or a bottom or both? Um, I th she's a bottom. I mean, okay. everyone I asked was a bottom in at least one way. Okay, uh, so it's it's like she would bring that um, board or paper and she would like discuss with her riggers. Oh, I kind of like the look of that and yeah, it looks like so. it feels nice. And okay, that's super yeah. interesting. But she self ties as well. Okay. Um, so I guess she has that that piece. Okay. Uh, in there, um, and then. Um, there was also uh, ruminating. Yeah. Um, and so ruminating said, I'm just finding her full comment. Uh, so she has two. So she has a hard copy journal, so a physical journal that she keeps in her bottoming box, mm -hmm. which I thought was a great idea, like fascinating. I want, and I do wonder what's in the bottoming box. I, I, I would like to ask ruminating what's in her <laughs> bottoming box. Maybe maybe you can contact her to ask. Yeah, I will, I'll message her again and ask her. Yeah. Um, and she uses that when she's out and about. But then she also has a Google Doc journal that she mm. sometimes uses um, to transcribe written notes in a more organized fashion. So I, okay. I guess she kind of scribbles stuff down and then she uh, sorts them out into um, a Google Doc. And she says that her entries have what we did, how it worked, how she felt about it, uh, troubleshooting and analysis and areas for future exploration. So I thought that was quite nice. Um, so yeah, quite I like it. Approach there. Yeah. And then the last person um, who I wanted to mention was Clover. Of course. Um, yep. So uh, Clover, in fact, <laughs> literally wrote the book on uh, rope bottoming. Mm -hmm. uh, and her, in fact, I could put that in our um, references because that's very yeah, useful. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Um, and so she says she actually teaches classes on bottoming, rope bottoming, mm -hmm. and she says she always recommends keeping a rope journal wherever you are. And she's been doing rope for more than ten years, and she's still uh, reflecting on it and she notes that everyone's always evolving, so it's good to document and self-reflect. Yeah. And she records anything at all that might be significant to her rope experience. So if she's struggled with anything physically or emotionally, she explores the reason why. So am I hydrated? Have I eaten or exercised? What my day was like? Have I just woken up, etc.? Okay, uh, was I hoping, good. Was I hoping to achieve something from the scene or lab time? How it made her feel? Where did I feel stress? Did I enjoy it? How did I process it? If I could change one thing and keep one thing, what would they be? And so on. So it that, sounds like... That sounds like a journey of self-discovery to some extent. Yeah. 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 And it sounds like hers is pretty um, uh, detailed, I guess, as okay. well. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. So I think that's really nice. And so that's, um, that's some interesting ideas. And, and um, I think it's really interesting to ask other people if they do have a rope journal. Because if you're a ropey person, this is a a great thing to have. Basically. Yeah, in in fact I would like to ask our dear listeners if they have a rope journal and then they can comment in the show notes for this episode on FetLife and let, let us know, yes I have a journal, no I don't have a journal, these are my reasons, this is what I'm interested in and so on. I, I would be quite curious. Yeah, to, I think uh, that would be great. To so hear. come to our Fet page everyone and uh, look at the, the notes for this and um, let us know. So that is all from us at the Rope Podcast for today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So iTunes or Stitcher um, and come friend us on our FetLife page, which is Rope Podcast, no space. You can also find us easily at ropepodcast.com. We love questions from listeners, so drop us a message on Fet and we'll try to answer you in an upcoming episode. 
Thanks for listening. And have fun tying.